This is Books and Nachos, a podcast for those of us who find excitement in the pages of a good book. Fiction and nonfiction, graphic novels and more, we're here to help you find something great to read. Welcome to Books and Nachos, the Venganza Media Podcast about all things in print. It's Stuart in L.A., here to talk to you about Die Hard. Well, kind of. I definitely am over at our sister podcast, NowPlayingPodcast.com. There you're going to find Jacob, Arnie, and myself discussing those five Bruce Willis action movies, as well as one Frank Sinatra curiosity. That character in all of those films has a literary origin. In doing my research, once I found out that John McClane is actually a main character in a 1966 novel by Roderick Thorpe called The Detective, known as Joe Leland, well, I knew that I had to do it here for Books and Nachos. I mean, I spent much of last year reading those Ian Fleming novels to help me enrich my experience with James Bond movies. I want to do that same thing here with the John McClane action movie Die Hard franchise. So let's take a look at this Joe Leland and see how much he has in common with Bruce Willis, John McClane. Now, I want to be clear. The Detective is not Die Hard. The Detective was a standalone novel. It was the second novel written by Roderick Thorpe, 1966. He would have one more adventure written in the late 70s called Nothing Lasts Forever. That novel is the basis of Die Hard. It's really the sequel to The Detective that inspired the movie Die Hard. Think of this as an origin story. Although, I wonder, you know, as I approach this, I try to cast things in my head. I don't see a lot of Bruce in this characterization. I try to apply Humphrey Bogart. That's my go-to. If I were to pick up a novel that said The Detective on it from the 60s, my mind is going to reel back to classic film noir. I'm going to think of trench coats and smoking and dames and just all the tropes that we've seen with Dashiell Hammett or Raymond Chandler. A delightful surprise of The Detective is that it really doesn't deal in cliches at all. Its most impressive asset is that how authentic it feels. Author Roderick Thorpe worked in a detective agency for his father. His father ran it. He worked in it for many years. I believe his experiences here really inform and give us an authentic portrait about what it really is like to be a private investigator. Almost every cliche is challenged here. I mean, the guy comes from insurance. That's about as unhip and unglamorous as I could imagine here. I normally think of private eyes working alone, fighting a shadow organization, solving it all on their own. No, this is a company that stems from an insurance town. It's a small island really off the east coast called Manitow. And there, Joe Leland has stepped away from insurance investigation and opened up shop in downtown Manitow to really marshal a whole lot of agents. What's surprising in reading these first pages here, right from the get-go, is how steeped you are with how busy the life can be, that there are so many things going on. It's a juggling act, really. And I don't know what cases are important and what cases are not. We hear a half a dozen names that are out in the field exploring a missing child investigation, looking into missing funds that have disappeared from a drive-in movie theater, security for a department store across the street. This is a frantic life here and kind of a mundane life. And I think part of the charm here is how unsexy and unglamorous it is. Joe Leland is a former insurance investigator who's married with a teenage daughter. He is not Humphrey Bogart, and I do not imagine 
that character once after I get through the first chapter of this novel. But what is Roderick Thorpe's greatest strength, and that is he knows what he's writing about, is also a problem I have with his prose. As we continue on with the rest of these 600 pages, I'm really frustrated with the way this novel is written. He has written it much like I imagine he wrote down dossiers on cases. No fact is too trivial to document. And this novel is replete with way too much information. There are too many characters. There are too many subplots that don't pay out. There is so much documentation. It really could have used a much better editor. I really feel like hundreds of pages should have come out of this novel so that we could have had a focus on what Roderick really wanted to say and really what was important. By trying to paint an authentic world in such detail, he really misses the point of writing, which is to captivate the reader. So be prepared to be confused, really, as you go through the novel. And I kept a journal. I would write down names, and it was pages long. In retrospect, the only name I really needed to know was Norma Colucci. Norma is a 26-year-old pregnant widow that is brought to see Joe Leland because of an insurance claim. Her husband was thought to have committed suicide jumping off the rooftop of a racetrack. Norma believes it's foul play. No one will help her investigate it, so she is looking for Joe to apply his skills and get past what police seem to be covering up. And this really is the thrust of the novel. All 600 pages, everything that happens in it, in some way, shape, or form, ties back to the death of Colin McIver. Most of the investigation that Joe Leland personally does is in going back and talking to Colin's first wife, his domineering mother. They actually, Joe and Colin are both air infantrymen from World War II, so he goes back and looks at the military career. It's a lot of profiling of this dead man to see where he came from, what his concerns were about, and to see if he was troubled enough to commit suicide or had enemies that wished him dead and pushed him when no one was looking. That said, I'm going to make the case that the detective really isn't very much about a detective story at all. That at the end of the day, Roderick Thorpe seems to really want to convey the psychological anguish of Joe Leland, and that how this case turns out, well, it's just a means to talk about marital infidelity, distrust, and unhappiness. The real theme of this novel is how unhappy Joe is in his marriage to Karen, and that by investigating Colin and Norma, he really sees in some ways, a version of himself. He and Karen are really estranged because as he was off dogfighting in World War II, she was dogging around. She had had affairs. And even though he came back and she was forthcoming about it and has done her best to try and correct the behavior, there's a lot of distrust and anger. And this really is where all the verbiage is put. I want to be very clear. It is dozens of pages, sometimes 30 page stretches of fights between Joe and Karen about their feelings and what they want and trust and their relationship and should they carry on. The detective story gets lost in all of the melodrama. And while I don't necessarily think that is automatically a bad thing, I can honestly say that Roderick Thorpe is no Fitzgerald. I don't see him as having a gift for profiling the inner thoughts and lives of these characters he has here. He writes very generic profiles 
prose. It's fact-checking. It's him writing down details as he observes them. But I really don't feel like he has the panache for turning an incredible phrase that really elucidates a character or a moment. So what the detective comes across to me as is someone transcribing fights they just had with their wife and extracting pages from diaries and calling it fiction. I really lost my patience with this over time. Like I said, it's 600 pages. I would say a good 60% of this novel is devoted to this Karen, Joe, anxiety. To give you a movie equivalent, I mean, imagine Die Hard, where the terrorists are half an hour of the film, and most of it is Bruce Willis and Bonnie Bedelia screaming at each other about what they've done in their past. It isn't what we came for. Not only does it not feel like Die Hard, it just doesn't feel like the detective story I wanted. And to add insult to injury, it's just not well written enough to justify all of this melodrama. It's also rather clumsy with its big reveal. At a certain point, for about 200 pages, it has a flashback. Joe, before he was an insurance investigator and a private investigator, worked a police force in a Portsmouth town. He was assigned to a precinct with a very bad reputation, and he saw a lot of sordid things, one of which is chronicled in great detail. One of his earliest cases was to investigate the murder of Theodore Leichman, a gay man who was assaulted and whose killing was eventually pinned on his bodybuilding roommate. And they go into great detail on how Joe comes across to the conclusion that it's this mentally disturbed bodybuilder that took out his roommate and the guy gets the electric chair. I know because we're spending so much time on this that there must be a payout for in the future. It's not a real big surprise when we find out that Theodore Leichman was in fact killed by Colin McIver, the man that did jump from the rooftop. There was no murder. He was not pushed. He was conflicted as an individual, as a latent homosexual. He was caught up in some financial impropriety. For lots of various reasons, he had decided to take his own life. So there isn't a murder to bring to justice except the one from the past that Joe thought had been solved. Now, I can imagine, I think this was a bestseller because at the time, talking about these things was probably really taboo and that the public, to have such an authentic and detailed transcription of divorce, homosexual underworld, these things that people want to know about but aren't always comfortable asking. I think that this novel has a service in giving us such details on this life. But what played well in the mid-60s on the page, just at this point, really feels draggy and sloppy and frustrating. I don't mind confessing to you, I was doing the sort of skip and flip kind of reading towards the end here. The last 200 pages you know, how you sometimes will cheat and you read the first couple sentences of a paragraph at the top and then, yeah, maybe we'll go about five paragraphs down and see what's going on and just anything to accelerate this sloggy novel. Maybe I didn't give it my full attention and maybe there are things learned here as the case wraps up and Joe has to confront the fact that he sent a wrongly convicted man to the chair and that all the marriages that he observed are dealing with distrust and secret lives. Honestly, I just was checked out here with Detective, 
and I'll go ahead and give you a preview. You know, normally I don't like to talk about the movies that are based on the works I'm covering on the Books and Nacho show. That's why we have now playing. But I will just to say this much. The screenwriters recognize the redundancy and the repetition in this novel. And it's a better script than it is a novel. They actually do a lot of things that clarify the story in the movie. So if you're going to experience the detective, I think that the movie is the better way to go. Don't punish yourself with these 600 pages. So I'm really left with one final question. Where's Die Hard? <laughs> How are we going to get to a skyscraper full of terrorists, guns, all of that vibe? None of it is here, but that is what the sequel to this novel promises. It's something we're going to discover next week. If you stick with me here at Books and Nachos, we're going to be covering Nothing Lasts Forever. Next week, it's the direct sequel. Joe Leland will wind up in a skyscraper with terrorists. I promise next week, it's the source inspiration for the Bruce Willis movie. We'll be covering both next week. Now playing, it's Die Hard, Books and Nachos, Nothing Lasts Forever. Until then, keep reading. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for listening to Books and Nachos. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can catch back episodes at our website, booksandnachos.com. The music for Books and Nachos is The Right Prescription by Chai Weapon, which can be downloaded at podsafeaudio.com. Books and Nachos is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2013, all rights reserved.